friends. How are we doing, family? Hey, turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 11. Hey, if you're new, my name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor here at the gathering, and this is now week two of our series, Lazarus Raising the Dead, and you also heard this mentioned, but it's also now day seven of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And let me just say this, I've heard all kinds of stories about, man, way more people than I thought. Like, so there's a whole bunch of people in this family fasting. So proud of you guys. And so, listen, we believe that God has given us a word for 2022, that this is a year of breakthrough, that he wants to give breakthrough to his church this year. And so we've set aside these 21 days here at the beginning of January to fast and pray as a church so that we can position ourselves uh, to be close to the God of the breakthrough. So that we're just simply more available. The, the goal is to get close to him. And then, then in that, we get to be more available for anything he wants to give and do in and through us. Amen? So one week down, two to go. And look, I don't know about you, but I am loving it. Family, I really am. Um, we've done some fasts together before as a church. Um, I've done some plenty of other fasts like since I've been following Jesus, um, but I'll just be really honest. I have never enjoyed fasting before as much as I have over the last seven days. And I think this is partly why, you know, that's been the case before. Um, I'll just confess something to you all. Um, I really love food. Hallelujah. I love it. I love pizza. I've never made a secret of that here at the gathering. Right? But I also love steak. I love Chipotle burritos. I love burgers. Family, I celebrate burgers. Homemade burgers, Freddy's burgers, Burger Garage burgers, Five Guys burgers. I also celebrate things like Jimmy John's sandwiches, though, and Chick-fil-A. Come on, that's holy right there. Amen? But then also just things like spicy brats and spaghetti, right? And Arts and Mary's jalapeno tater chips. Come on, somebody! And by the way, I'm not getting any kickbacks for endorsing any of this stuff. It's just because I love it, all right? But I also, I love ice cream, I love cookies, and I love to wash it all down with a tall, cold glass of Coke Zero. I know, because Fitness 101 is don't drink your calories. Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, stop talking about food, man, we're fasting here. Um, here's my point. Look, I love food, and so typically I don't love fasting. I'm just being honest, okay? But I have loved fasting over the last week, and I think here's a big reason why. I'll tell you, church, the moment I started fasting this past week, God began to move in my life in a big way. Okay, I, listen, I've been fasting lots of meals this week and replacing that with prayer and worship and time in God's word, um, but I've also 100% been fasting social media and the news. And let me just tell you what happened. After one day, 24 hours of getting off social media and the news, um, I'm not kidding, I feel like the Lord began to take this edge off of me that I didn't even know I had like began to soften my heart. Here's what he began to show me. Um, that, okay, I think I've been living with, this is what I've been beginning to realize, that I've begin, been living with this um, sense of disappointment and maybe a little bit of anger over the last two years from giving myself to too much news. Because let's face it, we all know this, every time you read the news, you pretty much get a little disappointed and maybe even a little angry. Okay, I did not know that I was walking away and carrying some of that. 
Okay, and it's not good because watch this. James 1.20 says this, that, that human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And so here's what I've been discovering as well then. Um, there, there have been moments, I mean, not, not the whole time over the last year and a half-ish, two years, but there have been moments where I have been operating out of a sense of disappointment rather than a spirit of faith. Okay? And so... Um, I'm telling you, after 24 hours and now seven days into this thing, man, I feel like a new man. Uh, my heart is softer. I feel like I've got more joy that I didn't even know was missing. And honestly, my faith is starting to soar again. I'm starting to get this mindset where it doesn't matter what the world's going to do because I know my God can do anything. That's where I'm getting back to, man, and it's so good. Plus, um, bonus, my wife just likes me a lot more this week. Like, I don't have anything to do on my phone except the Bible app. It's been really good for us. So honestly, um, I think I'm going to stay off way longer. I think I'm going to just walk away for a long time and just really, I mean, give myself to the good news way more than the news. Amen? So, man, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. All right, so that was a little bit about me. Um, How are you guys doing? We doing okay? Man, I've been praying for you as well. I mean, this, this was a breakthrough for me. It really was. And so I've been praying that God would give you every, every breakthrough um, that you want, that you're asking for. And if you have been praying and fasting with us over the last week, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Keep going. If you have not, I mean, grace, no, like, welcome home. I would say there's two weeks left, and God's been moving in week one. He's going to move in these next two weeks as well. Dive in now. Start to fast something with us uh, and get everything that God has for you in the midst of it. I'll remind you that we are still having prayer meetings, prayer gatherings, Tuesday and Thursday, 7 a.m. to 7.30. If you can make it, come on down. It's been powerful. If you can't, we totally understand. But pray with us um, at some point during the day. I'd invite you to pray more. And then the other thing is we are having a night of worship right here at the Fox Theater on Friday, January 28th at 7 p.m. That's almost at the very end of our fasting. It's going to be a powerful time together, so make plans now to be here. Amen? All right. Well, hey, with that, let's get ready to dive back in and pick up where we left off last week with Lazarus. We are taking a deep dive into John chapter 11, where Jesus raises a man named Lazarus from the dead. And now let me just begin by saying this. Um, This is not just some cute little Bible story. Okay, listen, this is a true story. It's actually history that's been recorded for us in the Holy Bible. Okay, in fact, let me just ask, um, is there anybody here that still believes that these stories are true stories? I'm really asking, is there anybody in here that really believes that this is the Word of God? Is there anybody in here that has had um, personal experience understanding this is the Word of God because of the power and the presence of God that, that has shown up in your life through this written word. Anybody? Okay, so listen, what we're reading, John chapter 11, isn't just some nice, cute, little fluffy story. This is the true power of God put on display for us so that we might see who Jesus is, what he can do, what he's done, what he's like, how he can work in our lives so that we might put our faith in him and then have it continuously built up in him more and more so that we might live fully for him more and more. 
fact, we said it this way last week. If we live for any other purpose that is not the purpose of Jesus, we will get to the end of our lives one day and discover that we never truly lived. Okay, but I'm going to take it a step further today based on the truth that we're going to see in this story. Listen, if we get to the end of our lives and discover we had some faith, I mean, it's good. We're going to heaven. We got some faith in Jesus. We're go- it's, it's good. Okay. But if we discover at the end of our lives then that there was actually a lot of room in our lives for a lot more faith along the way, then we will discover then that there was actually a lot more living we could have done. You follow me? Okay, so listen, family, we're about to start reading. But if I had to just pick one thing that I wanted all of us, including me, to walk away with today, it's this right here. Expect more from Jesus than you currently do. Listen, raise your expectations of Jesus. Dare to trust him more. Increase your faith in him. Okay, so we finished off with verse 15 last week, but let me just reset the context, okay? So Jesus received a message from some of his very good friends, Mary and Martha, that their brother Lazarus was very sick and was going to die. It was actually a cry for help. They were saying, Jesus, we don't want him to die. We need you to come here now and heal him. Okay, and yet here's what Jesus did. Upon hearing that Lazarus was sick and was going to die, he announced to his disciples that Lazarus would die, but that Jesus would then raise him from the dead. He even said that Lazarus' death was for a purpose, that God himself and therefore Jesus the Son would get great glory from this. And so instead of rushing to heal Lazarus, he actually stayed right where he was for two whole days allowing Lazarus to die. And so, we left off last week when he was finally going to see him. Now, two things. Okay, first off, um, if you remember, his disciples did not want to go with Jesus because they did not think it was safe. The last time they were there, um, some people tried to stone Jesus, and so now the disciples were frustrated that Jesus wanted to go back there. But second now, um, okay, put yourself in Martha and Mary's shoes. Talk about not getting the answer from Jesus that you were hoping for. Okay, and so just be honest. Um, Have you ever prayed hard for something? Maybe even for a long time. And then Jesus did not answer that prayer. Have you ever experienced disappointment from things like that? Okay, listen. Um, I wonder if just maybe Martha and Mary might be a little disappointed when Jesus finally shows up because he didn't answer their prayer the way they wanted them to. In fact, their brother died. You think there's a chance they might be disappointed? Okay, let's take a look and see. So John chapter 11, 
Verse 16 is where we're going to pick it up. Um, so the disciples had said it's not safe, but Jesus said, trust me, boys. I'm the only one that can keep you safe. Let's go. And just as we dive in, does anybody remember the disciple we often refer to as Doubting Thomas? Okay, so this is Thomas right here. Verse 16 says, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, well, let's go too and die with Jesus. Okay, kudos that he was willing to go die with Jesus, but bummer that he actually doubted Jesus. Okay, keep that in mind. Okay, that's very important right there. Here we go. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Okay, so most scholars believe this, that um, that when Mary and Martha sent the messengers to go get Jesus, that Lazarus probably died shortly after they left. Then Jesus got the news, and he decided to stay where he was at for two days. And then it took Jesus one day to travel back to where Lazarus was at. So Lazarus has now been in the grave for four whole days. Now, um, I don't mean to be crude, but they handled deceased bodies different back then. Okay, with the burial preparations that they used, the body would for sure begin to rot and smell bad by the fourth day. Absolutely. Okay, um, have you ever seen the movie The Princess Bride? I know, if you're over 40, I'm sorry, younger people. If you're over, over 40, you've seen this movie. Um, but so do you remember um, when Wesley died and then Inigo Montoya and Andre the Giant took him to see Billy Crystal, or AKA Miracle Max. <laughs> Some of you know where I'm going. Do you remember what Miracle Max said about Wesley? He said he's mostly dead, he's not all dead. He said there's a big difference between being mostly dead and all dead, right? Okay, so here's what's going on with Lazarus. He's all dead. Like CPR isn't gonna save him, the defibrillators, they can't bring him back. Listen, the only thing that can bring Lazarus back is a miracle from God. And yet, from perhaps a human perspective, um, Jesus had actually not done a miracle that big yet. Now, he had raised a little girl from the dead. He had also previously raised a widow's son from the dead. But if you look carefully, neither of those were anywhere close to rotting. Okay, so, you with me? Verse 18 then. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. And here we go, okay. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only. If only you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Okay, um, how many of you know that the words if only are words that we use when we're disappointed? If only this would have happened, then things would be better right now. 
If only that could have happened, then everything would have worked out. If only God had answered my prayer, then life would be much better now. Okay, but, but listen, not only do we use the words if only when we're disappointed, we also use those words when we doubt. Think about this. If only that could happen. Oh, but I doubt it. Oh, I wish this would happen so bad. If only it could, but oh, there's no way. Okay, she's expressing her disappointment that she didn't get the answer she wanted from Jesus, but she's also expressing her doubt that he can do anything about it right now. Okay, and here's why that's a big deal. Because disappointment and doubt are faith killers. They're actually the exact opposite of faith. They keep our expectations of Jesus very low. And I'm telling you, I'm learning this from personal experience right now. Okay, it goes back to my breakthrough confession at the beginning of the message. So here's what God is doing in me, family, and I want it for all of us. Let's expect more from Jesus than we currently do. Well, let's, let's be done with disappointment and let's get back to where our God can do anything. And look, so here, here is what's cool. Okay, Martha does have some faith. Okay, in fact, we, we get to see it begin to rise up in her right here. Okay, watch. So she said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But verse 22, but watch, even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Come on. And watch, okay, watch, watch this. Watch what Jesus says because Jesus always responds to us when we come to him in faith. So Jesus says, yeah, hey, you're getting it. He says, your brother will rise again. Come on, are you seeing this? According to her faith right here, he actually gave her the answer she was looking for. Oh, but here's that doubt again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when, when everyone else rises at the last day. I know, Lord, I know. I mean, I really want him, wanted him to rise again. I wanted him to not die now. I'm disappointed, but I know he will rise again when everyone else rises at the resurrection of the dead when you return. Okay, church family, listen. You must watch this next verse very closely, okay, because... When your faith is weak and when you're in disappointment and doubt, it's so important to remember who Jesus really is. And Jesus is about to tell us. He's going to tell Martha. Watch this. Jesus told her, Martha, I am the resurrection. I'm serious. you got to get this. I am the resurrection and the life. Can I tell you something, family? That right there is the cornerstone of our faith in Jesus. That's what we base our faith on. It's who Jesus is. It's actually the cornerstone of our Christian doctrine, and this is too. He says, watch, anyone who believes in me, notice that, will live even after dying. Whoa, but that's not all. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die double woe but keep watching do you believe this martha okay so listen um that word believe right there in the original language um it's the word pistis everybody say pistis no come on you can do it better than that it's greek so you got to say it like that pistis that's the way it was announced on YouTube when I looked it up, okay? 
pistis. And here's what it means, though. The literal translation is to put faith in or to have faith. Okay, so here's the idea. Anyone who pistis in me or puts their faith in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and pistis in me will never, ever die. Do you pistis this Martha, do you have faith in me? And if so, okay, good. Okay, but um, maybe we should check to see if there's still room for a little bit more. Now look, okay, first off, good for her, honestly, that she believed in the resurrection of the dead at the very end when Jesus returns. But here's why she might have some room for more faith now. Because here's what Jesus was ultimately saying to her. Martha, the same person who you believe is going to raise all the dead one day is standing right in front of you now. Okay, I am the author and the fountain of life, Jesus is saying. My life is the resurrection life and the power to raise the dead is in me. And so, theologically speaking, Jesus makes it clear here that if you and I put our faith in Jesus now, then reality is we will never die. Okay, follow me. Yes, your body will die, but your soul or your spirit man that is alive in Christ will simply transition from this earthly life to true eternal life in the very presence of God. It's called heaven, y'all. Okay, and then one day when Jesus returns, the dead will rise, meaning these bodies, these bodies that have died and have been buried, watch this, no matter how rotten and no matter how scattered the dust of these bodies may one day be, listen, he will regather every molecule and raise these mortal bodies into new, eternal, forever bodies just like his. And I don't know how he's going to do it, but he will then reunite our spirit man, our spirits, with our new eternal bodies. And we will be with the Lord forever. Okay, which means this. Um, true death, then, is when we die but our soul or our spirit man doesn't transition to be with Jesus who is the fountain of life. Okay, it's when our soul or spirit man departs from him forever. That's death. Okay, so those who have put their faith in Christ will live again even after dying. They'll rise to eternal life. Now, in Lazarus's case, and there have been others, um, Lazarus was just about, in this story, he's just about to rise to live this life again, even after dying. But then still later, we know this. I mean, his body obviously died again, right? He died again, but his spirit man went on to heaven where he is now. But even he will be reunited with his new risen eternal body one day when Jesus returns. Are you with me? So, so follow me, family, okay? Because we'll see it happen next week. But listen, really in just a moment in this story, Jesus is about to stand in front of Lazarus' grave and shout, and Lazarus will rise from the dead. Just like the Bible says in 1, Thess in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that at the final resurrection, Jesus will descend from heaven, it says, with a loud shout, and the dead in Christ will rise. 
Okay, so here's what Jesus is trying to get Martha to see right now. Martha, if you believe I can show up and raise all the dead then, then why don't you believe I can show up after he's only been dead for four days and do it right now? Are you with me? In other words, he's saying, why do you doubt? Do you pistis in me? Verse 27, yes, Lord, she told him, I have always pistist, that's the word, only I added the E-D, pistis, what, okay, you're with me. I'm from Newton, Kansas, y'all. Um, I have always pistist, you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. She's got some faith. Okay, maybe there's room for more. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So watch, they followed her there to Jesus. Okay? When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, here we go again. Lord, if only. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people who had followed her, saw her, saw them wailing with her, watch this, watch this closely, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. We will come back to that in just a moment, but I want you to notice this time, she said the same thing Martha said, right? But this time, he doesn't dialogue with her about her doubt. Watch this. Verse 34, he simply says, where have you put him? How many know Jesus, he's on a mission right now? Listen, I know he might be angry, um, but how many know something good's about to go down? Jesus is about to do something, right? In fact, I mean, we know the end of the story. It's about to get buck wild, y'all. Okay, so they told him, Lord, come and see. Then, okay, and friends, um, what we're about to read, this is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. Okay, then it says, Jesus wept. He's angry, he's deeply troubled, and now he's weeping. We'll talk about that in a moment too, but um, you have to see this. Here's our last two verses for today, okay? So upon seeing Jesus weep, it says, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? See how much he loved Lazarus? But some said, this man, he, he healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Okay, 
The answer is, yep. Hey, people, the answer is, yep, he certainly could have. But Jesus is trying to make a different point here, that he can do so much more. The point is, listen, raise your expectations of Jesus. Expect more than you currently do. Dare to trust him even more. Okay, listen, it said a deep anger welled up within him and that he wept. And look, okay, yes, he loved Lazarus. It's clear, okay? And yes, you need to know this, death breaks Jesus' heart. But the truth is, he wasn't angry or sad or mourning that Lazarus had died because he himself knew that Lazarus was about to come back to life just 30 seconds from now. So I was talking with Pastor Greg about all this this past week, and, and here's what he said. He's like, man, if you pay attention to this story, he said he got angry. He was sad because of their utter lack of faith. This is what Pastor Greg said. He said, just think about it. Think about the whole story. He said, first off, the disciples doubted deeply that Jesus could keep them safe. Second, he shows up, and then Mary expresses her disappointment that Jesus hadn't given them the answer that he wanted, or they wanted, and that they doubted he could do anything about it now. And then Mary comes to him and expresses the exact same thing. Pastor Greg said this, I think Jesus just had enough. Look, I know, I know, we don't like to think of Jesus that way, but friends, just follow me. Our sinful, fallen condition and all the death and the destruction that it brings, it does break the heart of Jesus. But you want to know what breaks his heart even more? Follow me. Listen, it's when he provides the solution to our fallen condition and even death itself, and we still refuse to believe in him. Okay, so listen, family, sin and death aren't actually our biggest problem in life because there's a solution for those things. His name is Jesus. So that means our biggest problem is, in life is our unwillingness to put our faith in him. Okay, we looked at this earlier. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, right? Right? Okay, but every time God gets angry throughout your Bible, when he gets angry with his people, um, listen, or anytime he gets angry, he is righteous in his anger, meaning he is justified. Okay, and so listen, every time, technically in your Bible, when you see God get angry with his people, um, it's, it's typically because he's angry with people who should have been faithful, but they are not faithful when they have every reason to be, and he gets angry when his people just refuse to put their faith in him. Okay, when they keep their expectations of what God can do, when they keep those things low. And so think about this. Um, Mary and Martha actually needed a bigger miracle than the one they were asking for. They needed the bigger miracle of having their faith fully activated. And I'm telling you, we need that same miracle today. I'll say it this way. It said there were many people there weeping and wailing over the death of Lazarus. Okay, listen. The wailing and the weeping should have ceased the moment Jesus stepped onto the scene. 
It should have stopped. Listen, even before Lazarus had risen from the grave, because that's faith. I mean, they should have, they should have started partying. It should have been like this. Yes! Oh, the resurrection and the life is here. Let the party begin. It's go time. Let's get buck wild, y'all, because we know something good is going down. We're going to see a rotten man come out of the grave today. But their expectations of Jesus were low. Actually, their expectations of Jesus were based purely and only on the things they had seen him do before. That's it. Okay. He healed a blind man. I mean, you'd, you'd think he'd at least be able to keep this, this guy from dying. You'd think he'd be able to heal him before he died. I mean, I wouldn't expect more than that. Because, you know, those two, like, healing a guy before he dies and healing a blind man, those are pretty equal. I could, I could expect that, but not much more than that. Okay, no. Stop questioning and stop crying and start raising your expectations of Jesus, people. That's, that's the idea. And hey, listen, especially, family, especially for you and me today. Okay, because look, um, grace to them. At that point, they had not seen him do a miracle that big. A, a miracle as big as raising a rotten man from the grave. But guess what? You and I have... We've seen it. Come on. Many of us already know the ending to this story, and many of us already agreed that this thing is true. Amen? Which means, come on, we've seen Jesus raise a dead man. It's right here. We've seen him call a man who's been rotten in the grave for four days to come out of the grave, and he came out fully alive, fully healed. Okay, listen. This is not a cute story we're reading. This is the true power of God on display for us so that we might know who Jesus is and what he can do so that we might put our faith in him and have our faith continuously built up in him so that we might fully live for him. If we get to the end of our lives and discover, yeah, we have some faith, but if we discover that there was a lot more room for faith all along the way, then we will discover that there was a lot more living we could have done. I'm going to invite the band to make their way up here. Um, So family, I have been ignoring the news all week long. But I still know this. There is a desperate urgency in our world and in our region and in our towns and at our jobs and in our schools, and among our friends, and in our homes, in our families, and even right here, there is a desperate urgency for you and me to live fully for Jesus. There is a desperate urgency for you and me to have our faith fully activated. It is time we must come alive in Jesus like Lazarus, only this time like never before. But listen, okay, I'll tell you this. Um, It isn't just that. The whole world needs it, okay? I mean, here's what I've been discovering in this fast. Listen, your soul, 
Your spirit, man, needs to come fully alive in Jesus. I mean, you need it bad. We need our faith activated in him. And, and then here's the truth. If we begin to step into greater and greater faith, oh man, people all around us will too. Our world will start to get it as well. Family, we must not be an if only kind of people. Grace, if, if that's what we've been, but it must stop. Come on, let's be a people that dare to trust him more now. Well, let's raise our expectations of Jesus, especially because, gathering family, this is a year of breakthrough. And so, what's the breakthrough that you need? Look at me. He tends to give breakthroughs to people who have faith that he can actually do it to people who believe he can come through. Okay, and it may not look the way we think it's going to look. It may not be even the answer uh, that we prayed for. It may show up in a different way. But listen, every time I've experienced breakthrough, I guarantee it may, and it's, it's often not looked the way I thought it's going to look, but it has always been better and more than what I expected. Raise your expectations today. Increase your faith in Jesus. Dare to trust him more now. And so the question then is, how do we do that? How, how do you do that? Well, I would say this. It starts with belief. Believe him. Believe that he really can. Believe his word. Believe that he wants to do and that he can do so much more than we could ever ask or imagine and then listen let's act on it so we're in this season of prayer and fasting some of us have some big breakthroughs that we've that we really need but we've not even thought about asking for them yet start praying bigger prayers some of us need Jesus to work in our lives in big ways we all probably need him to work in our lives in much bigger ways than we are aware of. I'm experiencing that. Let's start to ask him to come and do what we can't even ask or imagine. Come and, and then the things that we can ask or imagine, let's ask him to show up and do those things. And some of those things are big things we'd never even think to ask. But let's dare to trust him now that he can do so much more than we've expected in the past. Are you with me? Pray big prayers, but also this, fast. Join us in this time. Humble yourself before the Lord and, and let him show you where you currently lack faith so that you'll know where you need an increase. Okay, but also this, um, is there anybody in here that has at least some faith? One more time, is there anybody in here that has at least some faith? Come on, I know there is. I'm looking around at a group of faithful people. Okay, what if we do this? Um, what if we begin to praise Him now, even before the breakthroughs come? What if we believe that He is the God of the breakthrough and we start acting like it even before He starts raising things from the dead in our midst? Amen? I'm telling you, it's time to let disappointment die and it's time to let faith rise again. Okay, I'm telling you, things that we thought were dead are coming back to life.
they will. Dreams that we have given up on and let go of or, or thought, no, this isn't going to happen. This must not be from the Lord. No, it's just a matter of his timing. Well, he can do anything. Region Reborn is not a pipe dream. It's his dream. It's actually already been happening, and it's going to happen. Come on, here's why. Because our God is the God who can do anything. One more time. Our God is the God who can do anything. I wonder, do we believe that? So family, I'll tell you what I believe. Man, I'm, my faith is beginning to soar this week. I really believe this. Um, it's going to be a good year. It's going to get buck wild, y'all. Our God is the God of the breakthrough. I believe we're going to see breakthroughs like crazy this year. Does anybody else believe that? Amen. If you believe that, then I want you to come on. Expect more of Jesus than you currently do. Raise your expectations. Dare to trust him more. Let's increase our faith. If he could raise the dead back then, and we believe he's going to do it one day again in the future, let's believe he can do it right here in our day as well. Amen. I want you to bow your heads.